Welcome to the NeuroLed Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Moss Zobel. On today's podcast, I am joined by Constancita Neves, uh, Tita, uh, she's known by as well. She's joining me from North Carolina, USA. So we will continue this month's November discussion on the topic of gratitude. Earlier this month, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. Bernadette Bumpers. On the Neuro-Led Advantage podcast, I asked my international guests for questions on how they are using positive psychology and neuroscience insights in their professional and personal lives. Through the framework of my Neuro-Led model, Grow, Inspire, and Lead. So hello, Tita. Thank you for again for joining me. Thank you, Tony. Hi. I so appreciate this invitation. I'm so grateful to you. And it's wonderful to see you in face. Yes, yes. <laughs> so how are you? Feeling better now? I am feeling better, yes. Great, great. So let me share with you all this stellar background of, about my guest here. So Tia is a certified functional nutrition counselor and wellness coach that has lived with a natural approach to life and health for over 35 years. She has utilized her own journey through health to guide others in their path to wellness. She brings over 18 years of counseling practice and over 35 years of personal and professional development expertise in the areas of public health and integrative medicine. She has developed a unique approach to assist in the empowerment of the person through a combination of nutritional practices, exercises, and mindful mindfulness and yoga. Uh, Tita is the owner of Wellness Coach with Tita. So want to get started with, uh, before we dive into our questions, may I ask you, Tita, what's your definition of gratitude? Gratitude to me uh, means being in the moment with all that is going on in life. And mm. being in the moment, being grateful for uh, what's present and no judgment oh, this is good, this is better than that, is simply being present in the moment. That helps me <clears throat> stay present. I realize that it helps to calm my central nervous system. I can focus better and uh, be a happier person. Great, great. Thank you for that uh, definition. And I really feel that what you have described nails exactly what I understand and what I feel about gratitude. Uh, my personal definition I gave in the last podcast was it's the, in the simplest form, it's about the state of thankfulness and the state of being grateful. And if we look at it from the neuroscience, we know that this is a positive emotion, really positive emotion. And and has gives us so much uh, in the way of neurotransmitters releasing certain chemicals in the brain, the oxytocin, the serotonin, the dopamine that allows us to kind of connect with this reward system and makes us feel good. And we know that the more we practice it, the more we start to enjoy and appreciate what we have and stop our mind which is useful from thinking about what we don't have and where we we're not at yet so I as and we know that as more we practice it more we see the beauty in the world and I think this is what we try to attempt to achieve during Thanksgiving for Americans and for the Canadians so I'm going to jump to my first question why do you believe gratitude is such a powerful and transformative emotional practice? And it's interesting because my definition uh, goes right along with your definition. And uh, as I shared with you, I like to write because that connect helps me connect more of my neuro, um, neurological uh, sides of me. 
And I, I defined it as, as gratitude brings us to the present moment, the moment where life is taking place. No matter what is happening, it is an invitation to appreciate ourselves, others, nature. Neurologically, it helps us, the brain, to switch from moments in which you know, our minds have gone on a trip, and I put this in quotes, <clears throat> to the past or to the future, to unfairness, anger, trauma, and the circuitry in the brain changes to a positive one when we embrace great, you know, gratefulness, and um, which in turn causes chemicals, causes uh, you know, chemicals to be released and physical reactions all through the rest of the systems in the human body, bringing in an opportunity for well-being and homeostasis. And I <clears throat> have a couple of examples, if I can share that. Oh, please, please do. One of the examples is based, again, uh, as, a, as a nutrition counselor. I always begin, with, when I begin with a client, I always begin with a digestive system because that's a system that takes in, you know, the foods that all the kinds of foods that we eat and drink and trans, transforms that into healthy or unhealthy uh, feedback to our bodies. So in, in, I also do presentations on this, which are 10 tips to improve digestion. So we have a tip during those 10 steps that it's called take time for gratitude. Mm. And I'm going to, you know, phrase this and it's, it states like this. When you take a few moments before you eat to pause and reflect, either with blessings or gratitude, you are activating the cephalic phase of digestion. Your brain signals saliva to release and stirs your digestive fires. Both are key to proper digestion. This information comes from the Functional Nutrition Alliance and Lab. Great. I, I just to say, like, um, one of the things that working with someone, we talked about gratitude and, and starting with being thankful for the food, like many families do, and how that reflection, um, as you stated, maybe we're, <laughs> we're not sharing, like, all the benefits of that, but... Um, it made me think about this moment of before we eat, uh, the practice of that. And then I kind of thought about the word, and again, in another sense of in Spanish, to say thank you. Uh, let's just come just tell you what came up in my mind when I said gratitude is gracious, right? I my, my Spanish is not very good, but okay. gracious, all right? Gracias. Gracias. Um, so from the word gratitude, um, and so many kind of, um, I guess, expressions for us to take a moment and appreciate one each other in exchange as for the food and as the impact it has on, like you said, feeding us, giving us our energy, bad or good. And what what can you tell me more about when you are providing this I mean, the beginning of your counseling with someone or consultation about the digestive system. Um, what if people, what if your experience of people's, you know, thinking around that or what if some of the feedback you've gotten about starting there? Um, it's fascinating because um, most people don't think uh, of, saying a short um, grateful statement and I share with them uh, four let's see five statements um, that come from Louise Hay and and so I will share that those in a little bit <clears throat> so 
I share with people that the uh, importance of saying, again, just a, a simple phrase, even gracias, um, and, and reflecting, and uh, even closing the eyes for a moment. I invite my clients also to smell the food, to look at the food, to chew the food and feel the different textures in their mouth. And, and so um, this is a beginning uh, for, to invite people to welcome being more present. Most of us, in many instances, especially when we work outside of the home, uh, many people only have 20 minutes or a half hour to eat lunch. Um, and, and they might just run quickly to grab a sandwich uh, or a salad, whatever, but it has to be consumed so quickly. Um, and uh, they say, I don't even have time to say thank you. So when I bring this up with, with my clients, it begins to make that connection. And as I read, you know, the, that, sec, that third phase of, of the digestive system, the cephalic stage, <clears throat> when we think of food, as, as stated there, there is a connection, direct connection to the salivary glands, which contain a lot of the digestive enzymes that help break down the food that we eat. It also, like it says, it helps to secrete the, um, the healthy fires in the stomach to break down, continue that break, breakdown process. So for sure, uh, Tony, that I can say that all the clients that I have worked with have noticed improvement in their health conditions or even simply in their emotional relationship to food and their bodies. And, and, and so this invites people to be not just be in gratitude, but to embrace the moment. It is about the mindset, isn't it? A lot of things about like the mindfulness and mindset changing people's relationships with certain foods and with certain things. I mean, I had a client recently and we were talking about the mindset and the relationship with money. Um, and it's kind of really, like you say, they're going off with their food, having lunch, and they're not thinking about what that's, what these patterns are. And I think one of our jobs and one of the things we do as, as coaches is bringing people into that present moment and having them to be more self-aware and cognitive about what's happening and the, the reactions of the behaviors. And also the thinking changes and the emotions behind that also kind of trickles down. And to have you um, uh, thought about like, what has happened when people are get that aha moment that this is benefiting me? Yes, they they begin to change their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's that's I focus on the certification I I have is a, is a certified functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner. So lifestyle is is key yeah. to assist people in making the connection to what is their lifestyle and what are the health situations, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. And to, in bringing in this moment of awareness, gratitude, uh, being present and connecting, this helps uh, the person to look at things in, in, in you know, I'm gonna say as a whole, their life, the, you know, their family, their experiences with colleagues and relatives and so forth. So people begin to take notice. And, and I always say to people, go low and slow. 
because in order to create the change in our mindset and for our brain to embrace this new behavior, when there is pressure to make a change drastic, that for the most part doesn't make that relationship to be you know long lasting right <clears throat> so it is about those habits which i work so much about changing a habit but one percent as you know uh, a little bit of change and being able to uh make that stick just of chunking things down and as i kind of explained in my previous podcast about myself trying to get back in the habit of working out since COVID. I was running before half a marathon, every 10K I can find. We were very active in running, going to the gym. But since then, it's been very difficult. My life changed in so many ways. I've gotten so much busier. Um, however, I, I decided to, what could I do after coaching a client who was having some issues about getting to work and getting up and said when are you feel like you are most alive and ready in the morning and he said well when I get down to the lobby of my hotel my lobby in my my apartment I'm I'm just might as well just go so we start to look and talk about that till we start to realize that just getting up and getting the lobby be the goal instead of trying to get to work so we chunked it down and I thought brilliant how can I use that? And I've used it in other scenarios with other people. But for myself, I decided get on the floor. When you wake up, just get on the floor. Just getting on the floor, chunking things down and seeing what happens. Then, you know, doing six push-ups. And I thought, oh, that's not really. But I was like, that's all I'm doing. That's all I feel like doing. That's it. And then a week later, it was 25 and it was 28. And, you know, so... I do believe that is helps. And I felt what I was taking away. I tried to be mindful of what I was getting more energy. I was feeling more confident because I felt like I've achieved something for myself <laughs> when I'm always seeming to be doing things for other people that I had a moment and I would get up and I would close the door and make sure I'm in the room alone because I've decided that this is my moment. It's only three minutes on the floor or eight minutes on the floor. So I think all of these kind of reflections on building habits uh, is important discussions to have with clients because those little changes um, can really build in time, you know, and it helps people to uh, prevent from overwhelm. When we get overwhelmed, yes, we can't think clearly, we don't, you know, make decisions uh, with the with the most benefit, and we know through neuroscience that our IQ is reduced. So yes. it is very important that we kind of understand that we need to be in a certain state, and this is what we as coaches try to bring people into this emotional state where they are the dopamine is present and we kind of can get them to feel that trust and that place in the brain that they can start to, you know, have that clarity around being present. Yes. So, and it's interesting, Tony, as you shared that, um, I have been exercising way, at least like uh, more than... I'm going to say most of my life. Yeah. As a I've child, always known you to exercise. Yes. <laughs> I was very active. And, and um, what I, and I would compromise, you know, after, you know, having my daughter that is, will be 38 years old uh, next month, <clears throat> I would put in a, a, a rug in her bedroom so that she could see me and I would start exercising. I started with apps after, you know, after it was safe for me to ex begin exercising after giving birth. <clears throat> and, and then, you know, um, other times I would work out at the end of the day, I would bring her to the gym that they had a daycare center. And uh, I would also offer a reward for her 
cooperation. And so all my life, I'm going to say, besides exercising, I have figured out in terms of reflecting, in terms of that connection with my body, I have figured out what is the best time for me to exercise. And for me, it's been first thing in the morning. And it's a practice that I do. Um, I'm going to say I do, as an example, three consecutive days. Then I take a day off. I have learned to listen to my body, not to overwhelm my body. Yeah. Um, and then I take a day off and then I do again two or three days. And this is what I share with people. That's about exercising. And it's the same concept about bringing in new behaviors, going yeah. low and slow, welcoming and getting in touch with the body with gratitude. Oh, I feel so good. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, um, you have, you know, you feel your, your mind is more alert. And this is exactly what takes place. We have more oxygen. <clears throat> when we exercise and especially first thing in the morning because you begin the day with a different sense you know all these neurotransmitters are sparking you know and and so where our our energy goes where our attention goes as exactly. you know, and 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 that's a wonderful opportunity to incorporate and feeling incorporate again that feeling of gratitude exactly exactly so i want to um go to our next question so there's so much we can talk about yes. remember that we're doing a podcast yes <laughs> so how do you approach teaching or encouraging gratitude practice to others such as colleagues or team members and that's exactly what you know we both have been talking about that so so um just to say ditto to all that we have shared yeah and and so i remember um again for many many years people would ask me what are you doing every place i went to work people would say you you look very healthy but don't worry just give you a few months and you're going to be you know, overweight because they bring so much food, they bring so many goodies here or, or this and that or the stress you have to eat in a rush. And I would say, I will show you that that's <laughs> not what's going to be. And so then people would come to me at, at during my lunchtime. Um, if I would, if it would be sitting, at, you know, with three or four or five, six colleagues, I would prepare my lunch, a salad, healthy salad, uh, or would bring home cooked food and and warm it up. And so um, they they would they would start asking me questions. What do you do? And I said, well, I start with gratitude. I am so grateful to have the food that is in you know in front of me. I am so grateful to to have the the financial means to be able to buy, is healthy food and the time here as an example back then it was a one hour lunch break the time that i have here to set prepare my the you know the food that i'm going to consume right. and and i would invite them even though they would bring their food from from a restaurant you know down the street or whatever i would invite them to to look at the food to chew and and first of all to be grateful and, yeah. you know, um, I'm going to just share with you some of what Louisa Hayes shares <clears throat> in the book yeah. that she wrote, You Can Heal Your Life. Uh, these uh, very short and beautiful statements are, I am grateful to have this wonderful food. Um, I bless this food with love. I love selecting foods that are nutritious and delicious. My body loves the way I choose the perfect foods for every meal. And finally, my body heals and strengthens with every bite I take. 
Very nice. And it's like I, I, I can feel the empowerment in there, some autonomy in there about choices and decisions. And I think for me, it's about what I like to say is knowing that one recipe and one way of doing things is not for everyone. And exactly. knowing exactly what you need for your body and what times you need to eat. And this kind of kind of brought in mind what I teach about energy when people are saying, oh, what time I have the I have to work in their performance. And I try to help them to think about look at where your energy is. Is it in the morning? So sometimes clients will just kind of observe when they are at their peak and when they're kind of coming down. So mm -hmm. it's always about choice and understanding that everything is not for everyone. So those statements, you know, I, I got out of that, that, you know, you have some choice when many people say, well, I don't, there's nothing to eat here. I'm just going to have this. Or they don't cook that. You can bring it yourself. You can make a choice to feed your body what it needs. And, and yes. so that's, that's really nice. Yes. And one of the premises of this uh, program and I have been in the field of functional nutrition for eight years. One of the premises is that we are bio-individual. Um, so three statements that the founder of the school always reminds us of is everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. And what I love about this practice is that I incorporate that, not just with, with regards to food, but in, in my life. Yeah. As you are stating, maybe for someone working out is best in the morning, and maybe for someone else, it could be midday or it could be at the end of the day. And it is understanding that we are bio-individuals. We are really chemistry labs in motion and some of those chemical reactions again are different from one person to the next yeah and and so definitely uh, some reflection on that i invite people uh, to embrace that and that's that that really ties right into the neuroscience one of the insights that probably impact me one of the most impactful one that i like to share with people in trainings and and in our coaching session is that we know that each brain is different now yes. we this is something that you know you don't think about we try to get kids to learn this this way and try that and this is why my doctorate research is in neuroeducation and really trying to reveal some of the neural myths that we have and that people hang on to. And then this spills over in teaching. And we're trying to teach people about being right brain or left brain or your visual. The brain is very complex and every, every brain is different. So that empowered me. So sometimes in my training, I give this insight and I said, so what is, comes up for you? Because I'm waiting for them to have that, like somebody you know, clicking in the head all of a sudden, like me, like, dang, wow, I know that, but I didn't know that, but I do know that. And it, it kind of excited me because it made me feel like I'm unique. Okay? Yes. <laughs> That's kind of, you try to always fit in as a teenager. And then you get older and you're like, well, I got my unique personality and I appreciate that now. But uh, working with young people and telling them that I've seen this kind of, you know, aha moment that yeah, my brain is different from everyone else because it is composed of what I'm taking in, is what I'm processing, what I'm pruning that doesn't serve me. So, so that really, I think uh, what you said about the food choices and how we have this uh, expression that you, you uh, just, can you repeat that again? The, that you, from your, training center yes training. everything is connected we are all unique yes. and all things matter yes and and to bring this into uh the connection with what you just shared <clears throat> and, and you know this uh, we have 
our, our digestive system is hugged by the enteric nervous system. And <clears throat> in functional medicine and nutrition and other more specific modalities like that, that work with people as individuals, um, we say we not just have the brain on top of the head, we have a brain in our gut. Yes. And when we consume foods that are inflammatory, then that brain in the gut is going to be inflamed. And what's going to happen? I ask people, where, where does the blood go? And they say, oh, all over. I said, oh, exactly that. So if you consume foods that are inflammatory, that inflammation is going to float up to the brain in the head and every part of your body. And this is where we want to be mindful and aware that other you know, neurological issues could benefit from looking at their, their digestion, their nutrition, and definitely the sense that the individual has of their space in this lifetime. Right. Right. And there's a, there's a quite a bit of work on the three brains, the head, the heart, and the gut. The heart. That yeah. is really, really interesting and fascinating. And again, we can talk about all this all day. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to ask the next question. Um, and that is, we've talked about, I think, covered a lot of these questions that I had in mind. But when we think about specific gratitude practice that you personally engage in to foster your own growth and well-being and it, it sounds really like you or you share quite a bit of those in talking about how people also observing your practice of gratitude is there a practice that you are find challenging and one perhaps that you want to share that might inspire others or help people to um, connect with their well-being? Um, what I find that is the most challenging for me is when I am in the middle of a situation that I am being pushed, mm -hmm. someone that is very confrontational. and 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 so... And I have learned to rely on bringing it to the very moment, acknowledging I am angry. I am frustrated. I feel being judged. <clears throat> and uh, one of the things that I have learned as being a both a part of me is an introvert and part of me is an extrovert is that sometimes we need a little more time to think before responding. So I allow myself that. I might not respond immediately, uh, and then I come back once I have had some minutes to reflect. So um, <clears throat> one of the things that I have also learned is to be grateful for that moment of growth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when my when my energies have been stirred up, then I acknowledge I might feel shame because my energies got stirred up and I might have said something that wasn't the, you know, the more wholesome. And so I, again, I bring it immediately to the present moment. Um, and, and one of the things that I have learned is also to, uh, to say this is anger, this is frustration. Uh, I need. I I think it would be helpful for me to remove myself from this situation right now. Yeah. And so that that is. I call it the dance of life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and and so what? So what I come to is my daily practices. Every morning, I drink. Um, I'm going to say it's about eight to 10 ounces of water mm -hmm. with fresh squeezed lemon or lime juice. 
just a teeny bit, just, I mean, just a, just to have the flavor. <clears throat> Why? Because that, that helps to stir the, you know, the good, the acid in the stomach, which is essential for digestion. And also <clears throat> some days I switch it to apple cider vinegar. So while I am consuming that every morning, I connect, I am, I immediately say I'm grateful for this nurturing and healing um, elixir. Mm -hmm. I call it an elixir. Right. And, and I, I, I have a statement that says, this is assisting my body to um, detoxify. It's also nourishing. Yes. And I invite a sense of direction from, you know, again, I, I ground and I said, I offer everything that I will do today to either gratitude, forgiveness, or, or, or please allow me when I have to do presentations or meet with someone that day, I say, please allow me to speak the truth. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's honestly, this is part of my, my every single morning practice. <clears throat> and then at night, I also, and this, this I took from Mind Valley. Mm -hmm. is to write every night every night I it doesn't matter how exhausted I am um so I bring in the a, a journal that yeah. says um I witness the magic of like as an example yesterday I I was taking care of my granddaughter I witnessed the magic of taking care of being and the wonderful things that we did throughout the day yeah. <clears throat> when it's a moment during the day that is not you know it's just a moment of of uh i'm gonna say heavy heaviness yeah. mm -hmm. <clears throat> i also i'm grateful i i witnessed the magic of you know feeling anger feeling frustrated um, of the growth that this moment offers in my life. So, and <clears throat> and I, I was I share with you that Dr. Joe Dispenza, which is one of my favorites in terms of gratitude, <clears throat> excuse me, um, he they he shared in one of those short clips in YouTube. Yeah. He was sharing that uh, they did an experiment with 117 people, and it was inviting people to work with him and his team to try to change those uh you know not so helpful um thoughts and emotions mm -hmm. and he was inviting them to sit for 15 minutes in a moment of gratitude and what their responses were <clears throat> that the body uh their immune system uh, produce the immunoglobulin A, which is the primary defense against bacteria and other uh, insults to the human body. Uh, the, so, and there was also, um, when that occurred, a lot of pain and inflammation for the participants went away. And uh, a lot of uh, immune conditions were mediated. And he said, even from cancer all the way to food allergies and everything in between. So they found that thoughts make you well. Thoughts of gratitude. It was yeah. fascinating. I was like, okay, the <laughs> universe is, you know, there's, there's this beautiful synchronicity, just yeah. exactly what I needed to hear before our presentation today. Yeah, yeah. And I've had several moments that come up. And I don't know if it's just because of me also thinking that it's November. I'm thinking about maybe I should do podcasts on gratitude. But I've been coming across other research that supports this idea of taking these moments and how it rewires our brain to really invite, like you said, the neurotransmitters to help us have healthier thoughts, which then send signals to our body 
that helps us to make healthier choices and because we're more relaxed. And we also can bring in, which I won't go into deep, the the waves that are connected to these uh, thoughts in our brain that can be measured by EEG, uh, that all of those can help us when we're sleeping, when we're getting to that stink of creativity and tap into that. But I like like going back to what you're saying about labeling. Labeling neuroscience tells us that how labeling helps us to bring down the emotions, it dampens it. And I've talked about that quite a bit in my writing and in other conversation presentation about you know being self-aware and being able to labor, I am angry. And it really takes the power out of it. It really makes you get that overwhelm and you can say, this is an emotion. And we yes. know that we have the power to change our thoughts. And what I tell some people to try is, for example, like if you're in a church or you're in some cathedral where you have the stained glass mirror uh, windows, if you look up in that position, you, you, it's hard to have a negative thought. It's, I mean, I've tried it. So when you're looking up into that degree, your brain is starts to change and it's really, it's fascinating. So, yes. and, and I really like the idea as well to kind of piggyback on what you said about saying what you're going to do and having gratitude for that and writing this um, down. And it's, you know, setting the intention of the day is something that I really have practiced for a long time. What kind of day I want to have, what things sometimes matter a bit, but the way I set myself out to go in it and just say, I'm going to have a great day today. I'm going to make everyone I connect with or come across uh, smile but really setting out some intentions. And you, I tell you, sometimes I don't think about it. I might set it in while I'm brushing my teeth. And then I go out and I see someone and I make a joke with them. And then I reflect in the evenings like, oh my God, <laughs> I kind of made the jokes all day. And, it, and it's really a, a practice. And when you become on automatic, you don't, kind of have to put effort in it because your brain just wants to have habits and it wants you to give set those intentions so you can develop those habits but you know like you said slow and steady making those small chunking it down so it's not so overwhelming something that won't take a lot of effort to do to build that habit and you can set yourself up to have gratitude and benefit from all that we share in our talk today. Um, Tia, is there anything else we would like to add before we wrap up? Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things, uh, another, I have two things. Another amazing person that I have been following for many years, uh, it was our, since then have passed, Bob Proctor. And he has, he, he would, you know, in his presentations, he would say, write this down. One of the things is gratitude is an attitude that connects us to source, whatever mm -hmm. that name is for every individual. And, um, and so I have that written in index cards in different parts of my place. And, um, and so just, just, I want to invite our listeners to think about these four steps. First, recognize what is the emotion. Second step is reframe it. And the third step is releasing. And the last step is retrain. These are four steps that assist us in being in the moment with gratitude and also to assist in from the neurological, neurobrain, neuroscience perspective to bring down those moments of fight or flight or at least freeze um, in terms of resetting that central nervous system 
<clears throat> and I know when someone is on fight or flight or freeze, sometimes they're not going to think about it. Yet that's exactly just, it's just an invitation. Recognize I am in fight or flight mode. I am in freeze mode. And, and that first step is essential to be able to then follow the other steps. And this is where the retraining of our brain, our behaviors, and our mindset begins. Exactly. Exactly. And that is what we talked about in October, that self-awareness and being able to uh, be aware of those emotions and and respect that these are emotions and we all have them. And this kind of leads to with some of the education um, working with children, you know, those are emotions, they're having them and we have to co-regulate them and help them to regulate that and learn how this, we're not born with how to do that. And right. I know that's frustrating for parents like me and I have to remind myself. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. They don't come with that switch that we can regulate. Yes. We have to, they're going to, we have to model behavior and we have to explain to them that's an emotion and getting them to recognize it as you just described, label it, then think about what else, like when I'm working with a client, like what emotion would you like to have instead of this emotion? Yes. And then when they can say, well, I want to be happy, then we need to identify what happiness means because we get caught up in like, oh yeah, they mean this. We have to really ask what would that, what does it look like? How would they know when they're happy? And that clarity, getting them that game of like that dance into the conscious and unconscious brain, bringing it out, the logical brain, getting yes. into the emotional brain so they can learn to do that themselves. Yes. So it's been great, great, great conversation that feels like we need to have part two and three. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I've asked you three questions. So my final question is, how are you taking forward this gratitude uh, lessons and practices that you are learning? Where do you see this kind of, I mean, do you feel like this is a fad because many people are talking about gratitude and mindset, emotional intelligence, and it's really coming up to psychological safety. Do you feel like these are kind of fast or people are becoming more aware of these benefits and seeing the results and impacts in organizations, in homes, in schools? What are your thoughts um, about that? Yes, I don't see it as a fad because this is, as an example, I have this has been a practice for me for so many 30, 30 plus some years. But actually, I'm going to say all my lifetime. Why? I grew up in a home that um, my parents would, would always have a gratitude practice. I, I remember seeing them as a child. My father or my mother would have these, you know, small books of, uh, you know, one page to read before starting the day. <clears throat> and so, um, and I just, you know, I realized, recognized it some, some years ago, it has been integrated in my life since such an early age. Um, so, and this I'm talking to a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it isn't a fad. The wonderful thing is that there is much more awareness nowadays mm. of the importance of of coming to the moment, to the to the present moment, yeah, and and uh, assisting us in in releasing all that you know social media stuff you know or so and so said this so and so said that and to instead um come to that moment of releasing letting go of that yeah. come to you so i there's much more awareness worldwide um many different countries that we have not even thought of that if this is taking place, we only hear about the, you know, the, 
most popular countries, but this is this has been going on, you know, ever since I'm gonna say. Um, so this is here to stay thanks to technology. Yes. This is this is a this is a worldwide natural evolution for humankind. Yeah, I agree. I agree that, you know, and a lot of people are posing some of this as new or innovative. And I totally agree that this has been some of the practices. And then you find when you're talking to like my grandmother's 97 years old, you're talking to older people and talk about what they've done and getting them to reflect on some things. And they said, you know what, we always did this. You know, my grandmother, she still gets down and say her prayers, you know. Uh, but those kind of things we look at separate, but they're all inclusive about this gratitude and being mindful and being in the moment, the presence, and looking at what we have instead of wondering what we don't have uh, right. our practices that has been around for, for a long time. So I'm going to uh, say thank you very much to You're our so very special welcome. guests. And I don't want to go without saying to everyone, this woman has inspired me so much and I'm so grateful for you for seeing me <laughs> years ago and really changed my life, I have to say, uh, in so many ways. And I'm always so have you in my corner of my head when I'm thinking about going for everything, my doctorate, my family, my practice. You have been really a role model for me. And I have so much love for you and so much respect for you. And you haven't changed a bit until you're inspiring <laughs> the world. And yeah, and I'm really lucky to have you today. And I just always want you to know that you have a very special place in my heart. I am so touched, Tony. I am so honored to have been here with you. And I am here for you for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah, we're still, I'm not letting you get away. <laughs> yes. So, so thank you. Thank you. So we're going to wrap up here uh, on the Neuroled Vantage podcast. I would like to just close with... Um, sharing that we are live on all of the platforms from Wednesday and we will welcome you to give us your feedback all the platforms and podcasts you can find the Neuralair Advantage so thank you again for listening now grow inspire and lead forge ahead <laughs>